Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife. God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant. So our next segment is about parenting agreements. And our expert on this one is Alec Blaylock, attorney at John F. Baker Law. Practice areas are conflict litigation to include family law with a smattering of personal injury, which we talked about earlier. Divorce can be personal injury based on what I've seen in the past. A graduate of University of Houston and DePaul University College of Law. You can find his full bio at johnfbakerlaw.com. Next segment of the show is sponsored by Divorce Mortgage Pro. Financing a home during divorce can be challenging. Mistakes can cost money, and in the worst cases, they can even kill a deal. This is why you need a Divorce Mortgage Pro on your side. Divorce Mortgage Pros have the experience and training to help you navigate the challenges of divorce mortgage lending and to ensure that you keep a roof over your head. Divorce Mortgage Pro is a member of the Split Ready Divorce Pro Network, the premier place to find the professionals for your Split Ready team. Check out Divorce Mortgage Pro and other divorce pros at splitready.com. Click on Build Your Team tab and build your team there. So we'll jump right in. For people who are really in the throes of this, what is a parenting agreement? Well, a parenting agreement is basically the, the main thing that, at least in my experience, I guess, fought about and litigated about uh, when it comes to family law and divorce. And that's really a matter of what are we going to do with the kids? You know, what's going to happen with the kids? Uh, who's going to take care of the kids? Even though really a parent agreement actually, by law, only actually needs to say one thing in it. And that's who's the residential parent? And that's for tax purposes because the residential parent is the only one that's able to claim the kids on tax returns. But other than that, it's very, really very flexible. But the most common thing that's in it is basically the parenting time, you know, who gets the kids what day, uh, who's going to take the kids to see the doctors, who's going to take the kids to uh, their extracurricular activities, uh, how many overnights does each parent get, and so on and so forth. It can even include anything amongst stuff like uh, maintenance. It can take the form as the final marriage settlement agreement, or it can be a separate thing on its own. And there's really a whole lot that can go into that, but like the main thing that people tend to focus on is the parenting time with that. Because again, was like if people tend to want to you know co-parent if they're going through a divorce, unless there's extenuating circumstances like one like say if one person were abusive or one person were abuse abusing alcohol or it was just an unsafe environment for the kids but they want to co-parent and it's just basically okay how do we divide up the time with that because the important thing especially for those that are going to be paying child support um, the important thing is the overnights there because uh, it's 146 overnights um, is basically is the threshold for Anybody listening, so you want 146 at least in Illinois. In Illinois, for anyone listening in Illinois, if you want at least 146 overnights and you get a 40% reduction in your child support, just don't let that be the only goal. Because uh, if you go to a judge and you go to a pre-trial conference and the judge asks you, "Okay, are you only doing this to get the 146 nights?" No, that's not going to happen. The judge 
judge will not like you. So I did put some feelers out into the world of the internet today in terms of what questions people would really want to have addressed here tonight. The number one question that came in was about this move towards shared parenting, 50-50 parenting. There's a lot of opinions and a lot of feelings about this. So maybe yes. if we want to have some time dedicated to that and weigh in because it's it can be pretty divisive in terms of how it affects people. Yeah how they look at it, how it affects the payer of child support, the receiver of child support, the actual kids. Let's not lose sight of them. That's uh, one thing I have a very strong opinion about because uh, I've seen some recent parenting plans uh, from well, always generally the other side of what, in litigation where they do like a you know a day on, day off. You know, the, the kid changes houses every single day. And I Practical. Will, I will, yeah. <laughs> if I they live in a two flat, yeah, maybe, right. and just go exactly. upstairs and downstairs. Which, in the same house. Which, yeah. I mean, like, I understand from the logical standpoint of, like, oh, it's 50 50 parenting. But what they're not considering is that's really tough on the kid to have to pack an overnight bag every single night, switch houses every single night, and it's just really stressful on the kid. And I will, den- I will deny that plan every time. I will, I, under no circumstances would I ever tell my client to accept that. Well, what's a good assumption? Like, what are, what are we seeing now? I know that there's some changes. Have, are they effective yet in Illinois, or are they still being voted on? Uh, it's, the, HB, it's being discussed in a lot of the states. It's being discussed yeah. in a lot, but it, it's the assumption of 50-50, right? No, it is not. Presumption is different than... Pres- presumption. The, uh, I said assumption. The re- rebuttable presumption that uh, it's in the best interest of the child to be co-parented. That is not recognized here in Illinois. There is no rebuttable presumption as of yet. It's being discussed. Uh, a lot of fathers' rights groups uh, that you, among, you may have heard of are trying to push that in the state right now, but as of as of now, that's not happening. Both or, parents are presumed fit. Yes. Correct. The, kind of like the presumption of innocence in the criminal law system. Like we've all heard that in, um, you know, the presu- are presumed innocent until proven guilty. It's kind of that for, for laymen that kind of both parents are presumed fit and equal to co-parents unless you can prove otherwise. Different so the burden standards. Of per- yeah. Different burdens. Correct. But yes. for laymen's and people who are not in the legal system, I think that's the best. They're presumed but, fit. However, there's currently no presumption correct. in terms of sharing parenting time. That's what yes. I, you know. But when it comes to the 50-50 parenting split, there's really, there's really only two plans that I've seen that kind of work. Like I said, it, there's a number of different ways it can work because every family is a little bit different with that. But generally what I've seen, it's always, uh, you know, two days, you know, you split up, each parent gets two days, uh, Monday through Thursday, and then they alternate to every other weekend, Friday being included in a weekend. So two, two, three. Yes. And I've also seen week on, week off. So it's like one parent gets, you know, this week and another parent gets the other week. You just alternate weeks. And it can be a little tough because um, I don't, I've done a little bit of research into like uh, how that affects the, the child. And uh, it's recommended that a child does not spend more than three days away from the uh, primary caregiver. That's generally the uh, residential parents which is generally which is generally the parent with the majority parenting time so, so i i prefer the uh two two three uh plan as opposed to the week on week off because that like i said uh, it's i think it's a little bit better for the child to be no uh, no more than three days away from the majority parent to rachel and joyce have you guys seen some creative solutions for the the more shared parenting we don't have to call it 50 50 more shared than what it was you know 40 years ago Absolutely. I've seen very different 
situations depending on the couple's career. So their work travel or other responsibilities. So I've seen couples come up with some pretty creative solutions and and not all of them are the same at all. But whatever works for them and for the kids, I love Alec Alex's point about, you know, being mindful about the kids and their attachment and their stress level with transitions and trying to make sure that they're staying connected to both of their parents and also reducing the stress that comes from changing households. So I think there's a lot of different ways it can be worked out. I think I think distance, you know, oh, is, awesome. is a main oh, yes. factor, too. That's a big thing, especially when it comes to uh, the school, because you don't really want to disrupt the child's schedule that was before the uh, divorce, you, you want a, as little disruption as possible. So say, you know, a child goes to school in Batavia and one of the parents lives all the way out in like Oak Brook or Lombard. And that's quite a trek for the kid to go to school. About 45 minutes for those of you that aren't in the Chicagoland area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's quite a trek. So it, in that situation, it may be better to live uh, with a parent that lives within the school district. One quick question, and and it kind of starts with what we were talking about, about pre and and mid-marital agreements, where sometimes someone's not pulling their weight. Are there times where you sort of have the opposite going on? Uh, The talk right now is the assumption, not presumption on this one, the assumption that both parents want 50%. Are there times when one parent is like, I can hold the water, I can carry the water, but I need you to do 40%, and the other person like, I'm not going to do 40%. And the parenting agreement is more about making someone step up as opposed to kind of what we're talking about, about shared goals. Well, it's I, really hard for a court to enforce a parent to step up. It really is. And so, so there are times where someone just kind of disengages. Well, when I, when there it are a lot to, like, of times of course, where parents disengage, unfortunately. And, you know, unfortunately, the situation now with the law in Illinois, with this threshold of 146 overnights, I have to say I'm not a fan of the current legislation with the presumption of the 50-50. Um, the collaborative realm, collaborative practice professionals have been really working against this. And it's my understanding that the mental health mm-hmm. realm has as well, because that is, you know, when I mediate, for couples, for families. Let's sit down and figure out how do we take care of our children? And maybe the support question has to just come to the table because when you look sometimes at the difference, right, in the support amount, there's sometimes a thousand reasons why this person wants 146 overnights. And it's just, it's the wrong reason. We're talking about taking care of children and making them, giving them the most healthy upbringing that they can have. And, and that's why I said, you know, if uh, the judge asks you, like, if your only goal is to get 146 overnights, the judge is going to hate you. Nobody ever but says nobody's going to answer. Though. Everybody says, I want to tuck my child into bed at night. Yet, yes. you know, they may not have tucked them into bed uh, at night before. Can well, that so be contested, though? I mean, how does that work? If it's, see, I mean, if it's immediate, they're working together. But how, if someone's in that situation, how do you approach it if the other spouse is surreptitiously trying to get the 146 overnights, but really they're saying that they don't. It's extraordinarily difficult. Okay. So yes. right now we've we've moved to a model because of this, I, I believe, that guardian ad litems, and I'm a guardian ad litem, they get appointed in so mm. many cases now because people are fighting over overnights. Mm-hmm. They oh, can't yes. reach parenting, shared parenting agreements because 
I want 146 overnights. That's my right. I have a constitutional right as a parent. <laughs> it, 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 the phrase the, my time my time just makes my skin so, like my time, my uh, time. I come in as a guardian ad litem and, and I interview these people and they both love their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's usually not the issue. So let's bring the support question, the support number as part of the conversation to the table and then we get somewhere. And I do do uh, that in mediation. Yeah, my, my boss is also uh, John F. Baker. Uh, he is also a guardian ad litem. And every, anytime he gets appointed, that's the only reason he gets appointed is because it, of overnights. It, it's, the, it's not the intended purpose right. for the statute. So unfortunately, it takes some time, you know, when new laws are implemented for us to kind of work yeah. out the kinks. Right. And we and we learn that through practice. The intent, over time. the simplistic idea sure. of it, shared parenting 50-50 Absolutely. is great. The reality of it, and I know a lot of us probably have kids, both parents don't take each kid to half of their doctor appointments. Both parents don't well, take each kid to well, half of their well, extracurriculars. There's a there's a divide and conquer mentality. We all and do what we gravitate it's, towards. Sometimes it's eighty percent on one side and eighty and Correct. other times it's eighty percent on the other side. See, I would only want the well behaved half. Is it 50, 50. I only want when they're being good, when they're doing chores. They that's the half I want. I would put that in the agreement. And when they're total buttholes, they're going to go with the other one. Who I want to fight about who gets them when they're being jerks. That's exactly right. See, I like that. That would be a good. I'll take until age ten, and you get the teenage years. No, this is also why I. I tend to be against, like I've, I guess I follow my colleagues. That I'm I, against the uh, the implementation of the rebuttal presumption of fifty fifty parenting. I will uh, pay you support to take them when they're but, being jerks. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yes, but, I but, would pay a premium on but that. Like, but I'm against against that because, like, again, it's coming from the the logical standpoint of like saying, oh, it's fifty fifty parenting, it's split evenly. But it's just not a a reality that can really happen to split the parenting everything 50-50 because the parenting agreements I tend to see is um, one parent tends to take uh, the uh, the child to their doctor's appointments one child or one parent tends to take their kids to the extracurriculars and it's really just based on you know the convenience for each party and you can't how do you really allocate that 50-50 it's like and have that really, really work out because that's 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 really going to lead to a lot of fighting and that's really going to lead to a lot more stress for the kid so a lot of our um listeners and clients are pro se or are attempting at least a portion of their agreement pro se getting to as much agreement as possible before they involve lawyers what's your best advice for couples who are trying to come to a parenting agreement prior to entering our realm i would say just be as reasonable as you can be because here's the thing i mean i never obviously as an attorney i I have a financial interest to say that i recommend you don't represent yourself pro se as hey why not hire me but (laughs) but really the the benefit of hiring an attorney for that is because we have that emotional detachment from that even if i were even if i were to get a divorce uh for that i would hire an attorney for that because just having that emotional attachment it's really it's really difficult to really uh you know bring, try to be reasonable bring a reasonable offer that's why you hire an attorney so that they counsel you so they let you know it's like okay this is a reasonable offer and this is why for that so it's really just no okay look at what you want look at what you want for a parenting agreement bring it down a notch or two because 
because you have that emotional attachment to that, you may not be as reasonable as you think. And like I said, that's okay. Like I said, you have that emotional attachment. It's your kids. You, of course you would. But just bring it down, bring it down a few notches. Now, do you ever do Unbundled Legal? We had a great show on Unbundled Legal Affairs. We actually have the guest who is there in our audience right now here. Mm-hmm. We have an audience. How about that? But we do. would you ever have anybody or would you ever help somebody if they wanted Unbundled Legal Services where they've kind of worked up a draft and you help them finish it as opposed to kind of full representation? Yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely help you with that. Uh, we, we've been doing that a lot for, I would say, like a our business clients that may just need like a... My boss calls it a business tune-up. Like mm-hmm. you need like just some work with uh, your contracts or, you know, your um, articles of incorporation. So yes, I would absolutely uh, be open to helping someone. We could probably do that for a flat fee as opposed to and per hour. Same. Yeah. I mean, that's limited scope representation yeah. Yeah. in Illinois. There's a rule for that, mm-hmm. and I am highly supportive of people working with mental health professionals, particularly those who have experience and a background in working with children and child development in helping them to devise their shared parenting time. And that might evolve over time as well. And then looking at the legal aspects of that as well in creating that allocation of parental responsibilities and parenting time. Or utilizing your services as a mediator versus an attorney where you just help them. Because on some level, the people who know best what works for their family is them. If they can get past the anger and the hurt and all the emotional baggage that comes with it, nobody's going to know the ins and outs of their day-to-day better than those two people if they can get to the table and do that work themselves. That's absolutely right. right. Yeah. And I think yeah. part of the problem is with this 146 overnight threshold, what I'm seeing with the court appointed mediations is that they come to the table and they're saying, my attorney told me not to agree to anything less than 146 overnights. And, and my attorney told me not to agree to anything less <laughs> mm-hmm. than this. So that's where I think if they start in the counseling realm, they just tend to come to a better place than sometimes if they start in that litigation mode where it's, you know, you have to do this because it's going to save you a thousand dollars a month. And it's your right. And it's your right. I would also suggest for uh, those that, you know, have the minority parenting time that are pro se that are trying to get to 146 uh, overnights. There are a lot of ways to get there. And just because uh, like, for example, there's a I've uh, seen a parenting agreement uh, at my firm where they've had one day or, you know, or two, just two days a week. So that's, you know, 104, 104 days a year. But the thing is, uh, the thing that also goes into the parenting agreement is often uh, holidays, including like Christmas, Thanksgiving. And when you include like holidays, summer vacation, winter break, you can use those days to get up to 146 days, even though it like the schedule just says 104. It's like a spreadsheet. It'd be, it'd be tough. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, there's there are many different ways to get there. So just really try to broaden your view instead of just focus on one aspect. Really try to take in the whole the whole thing and see exactly all all that you're getting. It's a great point to end on. Again, you're listening to Getting Split Ready. If you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready. 